Good afternoon, internet, and welcome to another amazing edition of Wednesday One Thing. Today, we're, you know, I'm dedicated to putting uh, 2020 in the past. We're focused on 2021. And the best way to do that is really to stop talking about this pandemic. Like in the e commerce, we're, we're years ahead and the future is now. So today, we have a really interesting topic and it has to do all about alcohol. So I'm here with Hamza, and my first question for you, Hamza, is how well do you know the non-alcoholic space, like direct to consumer or, other, or otherwise for non-alcoholic drinks? Um, not very well at all, uh, and, um, and can't say I'm a repeat customer there. Well, so the interesting thing here, and, and I know I just said we're in the future now, and we're not going to talk about uh, 2020, but one thing I just want to point out, which is really interesting, like in the throes of the pandemic, right when everyone was uh, locking down, uh, we're going to do a numbers round here. Curious if you can guess how high um, non-alcoholic beer sales were up in May of 2020 compared to 2019. Well, I know the entire food and beverage space saw tremendous uh, year-on-year growth, especially in Q Q2 of, of 2020. Um, for non-alcoholic beverages or non-alcoholic beer, I'm just going to say 100% year-over-year growth, maybe. And maybe I'm being too aggressive. But uh, yeah, if, if that's the number, I wouldn't be surprised. Great. Well, we're going into 2021 with Hamza making terrible guesses, being a <laughs> terrible consultant and not getting numbers right. The non-alcoholic beer growth from May of 2020 was up 44% from the previous year, which is still that's a lot. still impressive. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's still impressive. And it's a category that... I think you know a lot of people gloss over like my only experience with non-alcoholic beer was when I was 17 in Montreal and I thought I was being sneaky by being able to buy beer but it actually was non-alcoholic beer and the cashier looked at me so funny when I tried to check out with this big 24 case of beer and they actually even said like are you sure you want to buy this and I confidently said yes I'm sure it was non-alcoholic but real point here is that in 2020, uh, 2021, sorry, I think the, the really interesting thing we're seeing with direct consumer and e-commerce is that, remember, we're not just dealing with retail anymore. We're dealing with uh, e-commerce and retail is now like online and now a general part of our lives. And this one segment of non-alcoholic beverages is seeing a, a surge uh, for a number of different reasons. And other than the fact that you know, right now, January, a lot of people subscribe to dry January, uh, which for anyone in the, uh, the viewing audience doesn't know, it's a growing popular trend where people abstain from alcohol in all of January. Uh, in the UK, for instance, they've seen millions of people now jump on this trend, uh, even double from last year. And so I think with 2021, what we're seeing is that um, people are taking a much more introspective look and, and wanting to be more healthy. And so we saw last year, uh, Mirror, Peloton, these were huge growth opportunities, but now other rituals where health is seeping into our lives. Uh, alcohol is one of those things that people are trying to cut out. So we have seen like in the US, uh, there's House, in the UK, there's Seed Lips, and even my brief stint in Australia, uh, there was this company called Brunswick Aces are really pioneering non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, I'm curious uh, from your take, Hamza. First of all, do you see a lot of ritual-based e-commerce companies springing up? So this is anywhere between companies trying to get a part of your uh, ritual 
Uh, and also, if you if you have any thoughts on how non-alcoholic beverages are are shaping in people's minds and where that might the future might lie. Yeah, great point there, Maury. I think dry January represents um, a really interesting time for for most consumer consumer brands because it's like how do you adapt to certain cultural moments that uh, that it appear to be a little arbitrary. There's no reason why January should be dry and then say November shouldn't or you know uh, any other given month. But it's like okay, cool. You're you're an alcohol beverage DDC brand. Um, there's this new trend of dry January where people are following trends and 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 you know abstaining from alcohol. How do you adapt to it? And and the adaptation has to come through product diversification, uh, or it's going to come through through you know ways to to acquire customers in such a way that they are uh, generating returns in December and in Feb, even though they might not be in in, in January, and, and and make up for the revenue that that say you know a, a DDC vodka brand would not be making in in the month of, of of Jan. I'm not too sure how big dry January is going to get. Um, I cannot say that I have particularly thought about. Doing a dry January, I, I can't think of anyone else I know who is doing one. But look, end of the day, like all trends start from somewhere, and this just goes. I mean, this isn't just about you know alcohol in, in January. It's about trends across the you know across the board. Uh, we saw last year, for example, uh, so many trends, so many so many things to uh, to, to care about, and and, and to uh, you know to that that made a difference to how consumer brands position themselves to their customers. Uh, I think January represents a very good example of that and, and, and the challenges and the opportunities it poses to uh, alcohol startups. Well, I have to push back on that because uh, just in this article for Modern Retail, this year, the participants in dry January were 6.5 million compared to last year, which was 3.9 million. So uh, the question here is, are people taking this more seriously? Like, why is it growing? If you listen to any podcast, like all the hosts are saying, oh, dry January, this is the time. And of course, the reason people do uh, dry January is because it's the start of the year. It's a, it's a New Year's resolution. Uh, and I can say like, as I've gotten older, even uh, I love drinking beer, I love drinking gin, but sometimes like two gins will put you on your butt. Even the next day, you'll feel completely bad. So I think now that uh, people have been working from home for so long, they want to engage in this ritual of, uh, partaking in a drink, uh, but with all everything else that's going on with stress and um, maybe not getting a lot of physical activity, that one drink is putting them on their butts much faster. So dry January makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I'm actually very bullish on uh, on dry January. I think it's going to keep picking up, as we said, the trends in health and people, people caring. Um, so what's really interesting with these alcohol or non-alcoholic companies is actually the way they're growing in the minds of their consumers. So as you mentioned, uh, it's very important for people to sort of latch on to rituals in people's lives. Uh, and so one of the ways that these companies are doing it are setting up virtual events uh, where people can try their, try their non-alcoholic beverages or setting up live streams for their communities. All of these companies, one thing that they have in common is trying to get people onto a subscription plan. And what you mentioned about people having a drop in sales throughout the year, uh, that blend that one of these founders mentioned uh, of their subscription revenue to new purchases actually drops in January because there's such an influx of new purchases in January, but they need the rest of the year uh, to maintain their revenue through subscription. Um, I'm wondering if, like, how you're thinking about this. Uh, what do you see as a unique, uh, a unique opportunity for brands like a non-alcoholic uh, company to, to maintain the relationship with customers throughout the year? 
Yeah, I think what you've identified there is, is super relevant, right? Like now that people are in, in many cases socializing online, socializing on, on, on Zoom calls, uh, the need for an alcoholic beverage there is is probably not as, I mean, it was never necessary, but you know what I mean. It's, you know, like it, it doesn't flow as naturally, for example, when you're just sitting in at home on a Zoom call with, with friends or coworkers or, uh, you know, so on and so forth. I think brands will need to sort of adapt to the changes beyond just things like a month of the year where people are drinking less, but more about how I think broader trends over time with more people working from home, socializing from home, uh, hanging out from home will, will impact how much people actually consume alcohol. So you're very correct. There is a lot of feature out there for non-alcoholic beverages. When I think of non-alcoholic beverages, honestly, the first thing I think of are like soft drinks and stuff. Like I, I don't even think about like mocktails because I don't really have any mocktails. Uh, it's either a cocktail or it's, it's, it's not a cocktail. But um, I think that space grows so much more with every month that people spend um, at home. And uh, and again, those are just market trends that brands will adapt to and and that's how the consumer space grows. Awesome. Well, that's a, all we have for this Wednesday one thing. I personally, it doesn't really appeal to me to have a non-alcoholic drink. Maybe in the future that will change. Overall, very bullish about the space. Um, it's a very interesting innovation. And I think that in 2021, uh, these brands are going to see huge lifts. And maybe one day I'll, I'll be along with them drinking a, an Aperol spritz that's non-alcoholic. So talk to you guys next week. Uh, please leave a comment if you have any opinions and we'll see you soon. Cheers.